Thank you for listening to the Grace Church Podcast, where you can find teachings, Bible studies, and words of encouragement for any season. For more resources, you can go to graceorlando.com. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, so uh, we've been talking for prior weeks. The first three weeks, we talked about you're forgiven of your iniquity, your sin, and your transgression. Last week, we talked about when you know you're forgiven, you'll have peace. And then today we're going to talk about when you know that you're forgiven, you'll love. Now, I'm going to say something here, and I'm probably going to get flack from it, but that's okay. I'm all right with that. When people say that love's a choice, I say, let's look at this a little bit deeper. Because if it was simply just a choice, you wouldn't need Jesus, and you could do it on your own. But this point, I do want to get to you. Forgiveness isn't just something you have. It's a person. And it's the person of Jesus Christ. Now, think about this. He's a high priest in the or, the, of the order of Melchizedek forever. So that means Jesus is always on that throne at the right hand. We're in him, okay? And he's representing us as, his, as high priest. So now we know because our forgiveness is a person, it's secured for all eternity. Amen? Okay, so one of the things I want to look at is there's no more enmity. So the scripture says that man was at enmity with God. What did that mean? He couldn't receive God's love and forgiveness. Because in man's mind, God was against him and he was against God. See, let me put it this way. Until after the cross, true love and forgiveness hadn't come yet until Jesus. You can go through the whole Old Testament. There, you cannot find anywhere in there where there's the genuine love of God that continually works and forgiveness of sins that isn't tied up in a person, and it's forever. Because remember, they had the day of Yom Kippur with the children of Israel, and every year they had to get forgiven again, and then again, and again. It never ended. And it wasn't even just that. When people felt guilty, they brought a free will offering. And how many knows people were bringing free will offerings all the time? And so we got to get out of that mindset that our forgiveness is something that we continually get and it's something that we already have and that's tied up in the person of Jesus Christ. Put this way, Jesus carried all of our sins, okay? He was judged, condemned, and punished once and for all. He was crucified, okay? He died and was buried. He left that old man. Do you know what that old man is? So let me give you another interpretation of in Revelations when it talks about the word beast, the mark of the beast, right? 666. Could it be that it was talking about the fallen Adamic nature? The unregenerated man was the beast. Matter of fact, it took three nails for Jesus to be crucified. Okay? So what would that look like? In Hebrew, it would look just like this. Vav, Vav, Vav. Vav is the number 666. That God so hated the fallen Adamic nature. He didn't hate man. But he hated the nature and what it represented, that he nailed it to the cross, identified it as the beast, and it was crucified, died, and buried, and was never resurrected again. Only Jesus as the new man was resurrected. That's good news. And in Jesus, we have forgiveness of sins because he is our forgiveness of sins. Amen. Is this good news or what? Okay, let's start clicking our heels. Let's walk out of here and slap the taste out of somebody's mouth. Let's do something because this is good news. So John 3.16. So we're going to see how God's love and his forgiveness are one. And you can't separate them. God loves you so he forgave you. And God forgives you because he loves you. You can't separate the two. They're one. Okay. So 
John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And listen, God gave Jesus up as a free will offering, as the payment for our sins. God didn't forgive our sins not based on his justice. You know what I'm saying? It was based on his justice. He didn't do it without his justice. Because that's where a lot of people, uh, and they get into universalism, oh, God just forgave our sins. He just swept them under the carpet. And it, No, no. Jesus paid as we would have paid so that God's justice could be fulfilled and the forgiveness of sins that we have are secured in the person of Jesus Christ. So let's look at this for a second. Uh, and some of you have heard this before, but it always bears to repeat again. So when it says so loved, so we know so is hutos, and love is agape. Man is incapable of agape love apart from the love of God and the forgiveness of God. We can't produce it. We can produce starge, phileo, eros. Those are all words for love in the Greek. We can produce all those, but we can't produce agape. Think about, I've talked to people before, and they act like, oh, it's all on me. I can do this. I can, I, I, I can love. Like, in of myself, I swear I've talked to people like that. They think, Jesus did what he did, now I have to do what I'm supposed to do. If that's the truth, the work's never finished, and you will never have peace. It's just true. I've lived that life before. And so, anyways, the word hutos in Greek grammatics is this, that they put it before a word, so it means the same thing as the word that follows. So, in this case, the word that follows is love, agape. So, what it's saying in the Greek is agape, agape, love, love. For God loved, loved. It wasn't enough to say it one time. He had to repeat himself. And then it said to the world, cosmos. That means everybody's included. And if, you, if any of you uh, study theology at all, you would know there's theology out there that says that God only forgave the people that he knew was going to be his. He didn't forgive everybody. If God did that, he would be unjust because he would have never have given them a chance. So that would make God unjust, and that's impossible for God to do. It's for everybody. Even the people that you in your mind right now are thinking, they don't deserve it, guess what? God says they do. Why? You didn't pay the price for their sins, so you have no right to say he did. Amen? Okay. Then we're going to go on. So you see, he gave his only begotten son. That's the Greek word didomihi. Okay? And it literally means to bestow. So, as a free will offering, God freely gave it. It had nothing to do with what you do or with what you don't do. He freely gave it. Long before you were even created, He freely gave it. Knowing everything about you, He freely gave it. Knowing all the mistakes you had made, He freely gave it. Woo! Okay. Uh, so anyways, as we, and I'm just showing you where God's love and his forgiveness are tied up together. Okay, so now 1 John 4.10. John, in any of his epistles, the three epistles that he wrote, and in, in, uh, in his, the gospel that he wrote, never, ever says anything that man loves than God loves. He never says that. I've been through it and through it over the years. He never says that. It's always God first, then us. It's almost like, her coffee. If I had a pitcher of coffee with an ever with a with you know an eternity of resources behind it, and I fill up her cup and it starts to overflow, then she can pour into Nikki's cup that was empty and it starts to overflow. And when that overflows, she can pour into somebody else's cup. It's like it doesn't happen by us, oh I'm gonna love people. It comes by you knowing how 
forgiven you are, and that because he loved you, he forgave you, now that empowers you. Listen, it empowers you. You had no batteries to do it. There was no power to do it. But he is the battery in you, and that's how you're able to do it. Anytime we ever come across and we're like, well, I made a choice. Man, let me tell you what Jesus says. Apart from me, you can do no thing. Nothing. And he was talking about bringing forth fruit. What's the first fruit of the Spirit? Love. It's the first one that comes. And all the other ones are tied into love. If you have love, you have joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Amen? Even self-control. Man, Eric, I'm really struggling with some. Sit under teaching that renews your mind to how forgiven you are and how much God loves you, and you'll start to do things that you could never do on your own. By the way, if it's self-destructive, the reason you're doing it is because there's self-hatred. But God's love can extinguish self-hatred and bring you to actually love yourself so that you won't live destructive lifestyles. You'll live in a lifestyle that will be edifying to who he is and what he's done in your life. Amen? Okay, so now this is love. Not that we loved him, but this is love. And then what I love after he says that, he goes, I give, gave my son as a propitiation for your sins. Now remember, Melissa had brought it up. When we talked about propitiation, it was the, the word hilasterian, okay, which is the word for the mercy seat. And it's also the word for an atoning victim. You see how God loved and forgave, pro- produced the payment for sin. Then you know what it says? Beloved. That's us. We're the beloved. Ought we not to love one another? I mean, how could, how could we not since we've been loved? Are you guys getting this? This will take weight off your shoulders. Because those people say you need to love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And you need to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if you're struggling with self-hatred issues, how are you going to love your neighbor as yourself? You need to get him loving you and see that and be in that posture. And then as you receive that, then you can love one another. But I love how he says, Brethren, or uh, beloved, ought we not to love one another? Wow. Moving with the rhythms of grace is like having living water in you and it flowing out. You can't help it. Matter of fact, he says, you believe in me, you'll have rivers of living water bursting forth from your heart. And what do you think that is? It's his love and forgiveness for you. Amen? So Luke 7.47 It's the woman with the alabaster box. So basically, Jesus goes and these Pharisees invited him to hang out with them. You know what I mean? Why? They wanted to find reason to accuse him. But Jesus went anyway. Because he always had the right words to say that kept their mouth silent. Only God could do that. And so anyways, this woman comes in in the middle of while they're eating, right? And so she starts performing these things, okay? And basically, uh, she starts kissing his feet. Then her tears, she wipes with her hair. And then she anoints him with the spikenard and puts it on his feet. And one of the Pharisees says, if he knew what manner of woman this was, if he only knew what manner of woman this was, think about that. Isn't that how we can be at times? Oh, well, I don't know about them. The guy sitting on the side of the freeway, I don't know about him. The woman, you know, walking the streets wherever they do in Orlando, I don't know about her. You know how Jesus saw him? He said he had compassion on them because they were a sheep without a shepherd. That means they were lost. Why would you expect a lost person to do something that somebody that saved would do? Why would we even expect that of somebody? They're broken. They're wounded. They need healing. And guess what? We have that. 
We have something to give them, and that's Jesus, letting them know they are loved, and he loved you so much he forgave you of all your sins. Dude, you could preach that anywhere, and people would be like, that's the best news I ever heard. As it was done, okay, by the way, the guy, the guy that said this, his, the Pharisee that said this, his name was Simon. Do you know what the root word to Simon is? Shema, the law. <laughs> the Shema is the law. You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? He goes, I have something to say to you. And then he goes on into this thing, and he gets to Luke 7.47, and he says, her sins which are many, she's been forgiven. So whoever is forgiven much loves much, but whoever is forgiven little loves little. Wow, so we can grow in a revelation of the knowledge that our sins are forgiven to where more love and progressively more love and more love can come out of our lives. And why do you think he said, but whoever is forgiven little loves little because the Pharisees were still under the law and basically they're only forgiven for one year. Then they have to provide uh, offering for forgiveness of sins again and so on and so on and so on. See, Telling people that they're forgiven of all their sins does not produce licentiousness. It produces somebody that has fallen in love with him, and they produce and bring forth fruit that only Jesus can do, working in them to will and to do for his good pleasure. All right, so 1 John 14, perfect love casts out all fear. We've heard this before. Everybody loves to quote this. Perfect love casts out all fear. It's an amazing scripture. Let's look at it and break it down and digress on it for a minute to understand what it's saying to us. Because we can read this into the English and we don't really get the full gist of it. But when you read it in the original language and you break it down, there's treasures underneath the surface that come out for us to see. So remember how I'm always like, Eric, you always say it's finished. I do, because it is finished. There's nothing left for me to do but to rest. That's it, just to rest. And as I rest, he's doing something on the inside. And then what I wanted to produce starts coming on the outside. So the word, uh, it is finished, is teleestai, okay? And the root word for the word for finished is teleos. Perfect or finished agape love. What does that mean? We're going to get to it in a second. Finished or, or uh, agape, finished agape love, right? Unconditional love. When it's finished in a person's life, listen to this. It'll cast out all fear. Fear involves torment. It says, it says, as you scroll down, it says fear involves torment. This is the Greek word kolossis. It means judicial punishment. That means when somebody doesn't believe that they're forgiven of all their sins, they have torment, which is they still expecting judicial punishment. And how could ever love fully flow, perfected love, finished love, or completed love ever fully flow until that person. One thing I will teach over and over and over and over is we are forgiven of all of our sins, past, present, future. You can never get old because I'm here 14 years later from this teaching and stepping to now, right? 14 years ago to now, and I have a whole different view of what I have now that I had when I first started. But the revelation's grown and it's grown and it's grown and it's grown. It never comes to an end. When one day we see Jesus face to face, we're going to like, oh my God, all my sins are forgiven. Like, I don't ever have to worry about my sins again because he is the forgiveness of sins. The greatest gift that we have is that we're forgiven and made righteous. That sets us up for 
everything else. And guess what? That wasn't our asking God to do it. It was his original plan for us. He already knew Adam was going to fall. He already knew Jesus was going to come. He already knew what he was going to do to raise up the perfect man and put us in him so that we could get all the adoration and all the love that Jesus gets, we get too. As it is with him, so it is with us. Amen? So then he ends in 1 John 4.19. We love because he first loved us. I mean, he just ends it again like, hey, there's no way you're going to love without his love. And his love forgave all your sins and you're completely forgiven. Then, then you can love who? Him and the people around you. Here, and let me say this. Life happens. Hey, people are going to make you mad. And if you have some moments or some time where you, you know, you're not loving them, don't worry about it. Go back, to the, go back to the well and drink and let him work that out in you and through you so that you can love that person. So don't ever think, oh, I'm not loving God. No, dude, your forgiveness of sins are ironclad. It's already a done deal. Even if you're not loving somebody and you're treating them even wrong, guess what? And I'm not saying he doesn't bring correction, instruction, and reproof. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is there's no judgment that's going to fall on your head. And by the way, when you've been corrected, instructed, and reproved from the Lord, you'll feel loved. Yeah. <laughs> when it's all said and done, you'll feel, I'm, I'm loved. It says, whom he loves... He chastens. You'll feel loved. Isn't that awesome? I mean, it's so much better than the garbage I got in church. No offense to anybody, but it's like, dude, it never ended, and I was miserable, and I kept trying and trying and trying until I finally gave up. And then grace came in and swooped me off my feet, carried me down. I never had, a, I never had the honeymoon. I was, everybody was always talking about, Where, how are you going to have a honeymoon, bro? We got work to do. You know what I mean? It's like I never had a honeymoon. When I got grace, man, for that first year, you can ask how I, man, I had a honeymoon. It was just me and Jesus. Man, I had a honeymoon because it was like, you mean I, I don't have to do all this stuff? It's already finished? How could this be? He's that good, and it's even great. When I say it's finished, your comprehension of that and God's comprehension of that is two totally different things, but we can grow more and more into his comprehension of what it means when we say it is finished. Okay, so one thing I wanted to show you and talk a little bit is about David. David, his name means the beloved or one who's loved. Now remember, David was under the law. Now he had a, he had a Davidic covenant and it was the mercy of David. It was mercy, but it, but it was also judgment. Remember when uh, he slept with Bathsheba, the, the child that came forth died. There was, there was still judgment. But out of everybody I look at, even more than Abraham, there's something about the life of David we can learn something from. And if it was like this with David, what I'm getting ready to say, how much more with us? Because David looked forward for us and being excited for us, wishing he'd have what we have. Don't ever take it for granted, the grace of God. Because it's like, dude, it's the best thing. You already hit the lottery a hundredfold. There is nothing this world could offer you that would compare to what we have. Amen? Amen? Not that we can't enjoy the things of the world. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. right? You don't mind you driving a little convertible or doing whatever you do. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I got chair swinging in there. He doesn't mind any of that. But what we have is greater than anything this world has to offer. That's why the world is going to be looking to us in these days because we have something that they don't have. What? Dude, we're totally forgiven. He loves us. Well, I want that too. 
Step on in. The water feels good. All right. So David. Saul tried to kill David over and over and over and over. Now, let's take this realistically. What if there was somebody trying to kill you? How would you respond to this? Right? I mean, you understand. This isn't just like, you know, you know, one thing at one time. This is like over and over and over. It is. And so, but there's something hidden here in the name of David. We're not trying to make ourselves like David because we have something better than David ever had. But what we're trying to learn is what's hidden in the name of David. Beloved. That's us. We are the dearly beloved. The one who loves us is love. He is forgiveness. He is everything that quenches our, you know, our entirety of our being. You notice how you can just have an encounter with him and it's like, dude, everything could get totally turned around immediately. Yeah. Just a, a moment of feeling loved and it, and it could be something so simple, but all of a sudden you walk out different yeah. than you were where you came in. Just like today, you're gonna, you might even heard some of this stuff before. You might have heard all of it before. I mean, it's not like I'm the only one saying it, but I will say this. You're going to walk out of here different than when you came in and you might not, not notice it right away, but down the road, you're going to look back and like, oh, something happened there. I can't really explain it, but something happened, and I'm different because of it. So David had two chances to kill Saul. His men even said, using God's name, God has delivered, it, delivered him into your hands. Take it. And then they're like, if you don't do it, we'll do it. I mean, they love David that much. You're like, you will do it. Remember the guy that went and he went and got the water over, uh, over from Bethlehem and he brought it back and then David wouldn't take it? I mean, these, they loved him. But, man, think about it. It's like Saul was trying to kill him. I mean, man, remember he was, he was in, he was in the uh, king's presence and, he threw, and the king threw a javelin and just missed him right by his head? I mean, what if somebody did that to you? Maybe it's somebody and they're throwing javelins of their words. And they're trying to put you down and they're trying to say you're not what you are and, you know, whatever they're trying to do. It's like, so, so how do we deal this, you know, with this kind of stuff? You know, you got to always remember you're the beloved. However you need to do that, because each one of us are different. Like me, I love to memorize scripture and meditate on it. That's just me. I'm not going to put that on you. But maybe it's you putting in a CD, some Bethel worship. You know what I mean? And maybe that's what you do and you feel connected to God and you feel like you're loved. Whatever it is, always put yourself in a position where you're loved by God, the beloved. And you'll do greater things than David. One time David, Saul was sleeping in a cave and David and his men were in the cave. Must have been a big cave. And uh, he cut off the bottom part of his robe. And then when, when Saul walked out, he said, you know, Saul, my king. And he showed it to him. I could have taken your life, but I didn't. And then, like, they reconciled for the moment. Yeah, you know, and so, yeah, exactly. And then there was, a, there was another time, same thing, same similar thing happened. And David says, I could have, you know, he got across the ravine. He goes, look, I could have taken your life. But I, but I didn't. You know what I mean? Matter of fact, he even called out to Abner, his captain. He's like, you should have been up protecting the king while he slept. And I could have, I could have come in. I could have taken his life. You know what I mean? But he didn't. And that is only under law. How much more? You know, here, let me say this, and then I am going to end. Everybody's talking about standing for something. But are you willing to die for something? Jesus was. Why? Because he thought we were worth it. 
You know what I mean? It's so easy to stand for a cause. You know, and I'm not against people doing that. If they feel they need to do that, go ahead and do it. But what I'm saying is we need to be standing so that people have the opportunity to hear what we have and what we know. And guess what? It might not look like they deserve it, but neither did we. But it wasn't based on what we deserved or what we didn't deserve. It was based on what Jesus did at the cross. Bless you. Amen? Let's, uh, let's just take a moment. Kim, do you have anything? Okay. Father, I just thank you for your son, Jesus. And I know, like, I've talked to so many people, like, Eric, why are you stuck on John 3.16? Because it captured my heart. His love captured my heart, and that, that scripture means everything to me. And I just pray in the name of Jesus that every person that's in this room, every person in this church, from adults all the way down to children, that today that something would happen and we would encounter your love and we would be different because of it. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Mm -hmm.